progressive motherhood. Is there such a thing? When we look at what mothers do, and what comprises their 24-hour period, we have to conclude that there is such a thing as progressive motherhood. And we're going to look at a mother who demonstrated that uh, today. Mothers are often remembered and praised for what they do that demonstrate their unique qualities in caring for their loved ones. And so today we want to look at a mother who demonstrated such progressive motherhood that she redefined what it means to be a passionate, protective, patient, and persistent mother. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles if you have them. 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. We'll be looking at those verses. But we'll also be looking at some other verses. But I will be reading from the New Living Translation, uh, which will be on the screen. We begin with verse 1 and 2. Elijah had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, Take your family and move to some other place, for the Lord has called a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. Now we know she was a mother because the text tells us that she had a son. But what is most notable about this mother was her passion about her faith. Her faith in God as evidenced by the attention that she paid to the man of God when he spoke to her. Elisha the prophet. She paid attention not only to him but what he had to say. She could have ignored him. She could have disrespected him. She could have dismissed him, as well as everything that he had to say. Many people are doing that today to the, to the man of God. They're often disrespected and dismissed by what they say. And many people don't give them the time of day. But this woman gave the man of God her attention because of her passion. She was very attentive to what he had to say. A passion was evident. A passion about her faith in God was evidenced by her obedience to God. The text says in verse 2, So the woman did as the man of God instructed her. Or as the man of God instructed. Notice. She does exactly what she is told to do through the man of God. She didn't hesitate to debate, negotiate, or even procrastinate. She simply moved to facilitate because of her passion. But to better understand that this mother's passion had more to do with latitude than attitude, we need, to, we need to go back in time and get a little bit more history on who this woman was. Because the verse begins by telling us that she was a woman whose son 
was, was raised from the dead or brought back to life. So she had some, some unique history about her. So let's go back in time and, uh, and see that it was obvious from what we see in verse 1 of the text that she had some previous dealings with the prophet Elijah. So let's see what those dealings were by looking at 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 8. One day Elijah went down, went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and, and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. There's no doubt this Shunammite woman's passion about her faith that prompted her to help the prophet was evident way back then. She was passionate about her faith in God and what she needed to do to demonstrate that passion. After all, this couple was a godly and wealthy couple and could very well afford what she suggested to do. But note, it was her suggestion, not her husband's. They didn't get together and sit down and discuss it. She went to him and she suggested to her to use their wealth to show consideration and kindness to the prophet of God. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. She recognized who he was because of her passion about her faith in God. You know, people can tell. They can look at a person and tell how passionate they are about their God because of their actions, their attitude, their behavior, their mannerisms. And this woman noticed something unique about this man. He was a holy man of God. She said, let's build a small room on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. That woman could have done anything with that space on the roof. She could have built an Airbnb, make some more money, bring in some more profit, some more wealth. She didn't have to do that. She could have said, well, the man of God can stay at a hotel when he comes to town. What concern of that is of ours? where he stays or what happens to him. But because of this woman's passion about her faith in her God, she made provision for the man of God. James said, faith without works is what? Dead. Faith without works is dead. Her works in living out her passion about her faith turned a single progressive act of kindness into a life-changing experience that she could never ever have imagined in her lifetime. She could never imagine what this single act would have done for her life going forward. In fact, she didn't even expect anything in return. And that's what, how it is when you, when you have a passion about your faith and your God. You do all kinds of things and you don't expect anything in return. That's exactly what progressive motherhood is all about. Notice verse 11 of chapter 4, 2 Kings. One day Elijah returned to Shunem. 
And he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to, this, to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak with her. When she appeared, Elijah Ted said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or, or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back, Elijah told him. When the woman returned, Elijah said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elijah, Elisha had said. Being passionate about her faith was rewarded by God with the blessing of motherhood. Now, it's that same passion about her faith in chapter 4, undiluted by time, that we see demonstrated in chapter 8. So in addition to being a, but in addition to being a, a passionate mother, mother was passionate about her faith. We see something else about this mother. She was also a protective mother. Verse 2 again. 2 Kings chapter 8. So the woman did as the man of God instructed her. What did she do? She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. So with a devastating flood looming on the horizon, this mother's passion for her family prompted her to be a protective mother, protective about their welfare, protective about their well-being, protective about how they will fear when this famine comes and it's going to last for seven years. I need to do something. I need to take care of them. Now, we don't know. We, don't, we haven't heard anything about a husband here. And so apparently this woman was on her own. She didn't cower and throw a pity party for herself and say, whoa, me, sorry little me. No. In her obedience to God through the prophet of God, she took her family and left Israel and headed for the land of the Philistines. Since her husband is not mentioned here in chapter 8, we can assume that he's probably dead by now because if he was living, he would be the one taking the lead. He would be the one that the prophet would probably be speaking to. He would be the one who would be responsible for his family welfare and well-being. He would be the one who would be responsible for protecting and preserving and taking care of his family's welfare for the seven years that the flood will come. But we don't see anything about him he mentioned here. So we can presume by now, uh, as the prophet said earlier, that he was an old man. And probably he's gone on to his reward. But here we see progressive motherhood in action. As this woman takes hold of the reins of leadership to take care of a family, a protective mother. But this is not the first time 
This woman had to do or be protective of her family. She had to do so many years earlier to protect her son from the grim reaper. Back to 2 Kings chapter 4. Look at verse 18. One day when her child was older, he ran out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him to his mother. Boy, isn't that what they always say? Take him to his mom. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It's neither a new morn festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elijah saw her coming, saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shudim is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught a hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son? My Lord, and didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elijah said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay my staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to Elijah and told him, the child is still dead. When Elijah arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm and again. Elijah got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elijah summoned Gehazi, called the child's mother, he said. When she came in, Elijah said, here, take your son. She fell at his feet bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. So here we see, through the actions of a protective mother, a child is miraculously brought back to life from the dead. So we see, so when we read in, in, in chapter 2, chapter 
chapter 8, verse 2, she took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines. We see again progressive motherhood in action. A mother taking matters into her own hands to protect her child, to protect the welfare of her child. She's doing the same thing in chapter 8 when she takes her family and she moves them to a land of safety because of the impending flood. And so we have seen a passionate mother, a protective mother, but we also see a patient mother. Again, verse 2 of chapter 8. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Seven years is a long time. Especially when you're away from home and familiar surroundings, in a foreign, strange land, it's a long time. Because it's such a long time, Elijah told her, the decision on where you're going to go is yours. So you're not going to, I'm not going to tell you where to go and then you get, you, you, you get upset about being there and then you blame me. No, 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 no. You make a decision on where you're going to go. And so this woman, this progressive mother, did her homework. She did some homework. And her research revealed that the land of Philist the Philistines was a great grain country. It was a great grain country. Remember the story in Judges about Samson uh, lighting the, 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 the tails of the foxes and letting them go through the field? That was the grain field. Uh, that, that, was, that was the kind of product that that place grew. It was a, it was a, it was a real prosperous place to grow grain, great grain country. And even though it, was, it wasn't completely exempt from the impending famine that was coming, it was less exposed to it than the two other choices that she had. The two other choices she had was Judea and Samaria. But she chose the land of the Philistines because, you see, this progressive mother was doing her homework. She was so protective about her family, she wanted to make sure that they ended up in a place where they wouldn't starve, there would not be a longing for anything. And so she did her homework. Progressive motherhood at work. And so she chose, the, she, she realized that the, the, the soil in that particular place, opposed to the other two places, were, was more fertile. And the vapors from the Mediterranean showered down on it and made it, made it much more productive than the other two choices that she had. And so she also realized that it was the best place for her to go in terms of proximity. And so this Shunammite mother may have had some other reasons for choosing to reside in Philistine country, but as a protective mother, its proximity and productiveness determine her choice. Here we see how progressive motherhood is choosing. We see how, product, how, product, how progressive motherhood in choosing this place, this particular place, the land of the Philistines, that prepared her to remain patient. She couldn't blame anybody because she did her homework and she determined what kind of place that would be. And so she was able to be patient in that land because she chose it. Progressive motherhood at work, in action. But for this Shunammite mother, progressive motherhood didn't end there with being passionate and protective and patient. 
She soon found out that she also had to be persistent. Verse 3, chapter 8 of 2 Kings. After the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. As she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of God. The king had just said, tell me some stories about the great man Eli what, what this great man Elisha has done. Elijah was telling the king about the time Elijah had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and her land. Look, my lord, Gehazi explained, here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elijah brought back to life. Is this true, the king asked her? She told him a story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of all the crops that had been harvested during her absence. Wow. Wow. Progressive motherhood is once again obvious by this mother's persistence to appear before the king. Remember, Elijah had asked her before if he could put in a good word to the king for her. Remember that? He had already asked her that. She said, no, everything's fine. That's how passionate this woman was about her faith in her God. She went before the king. After she had left a country, some land grabbers who had property adjacent to hers decided that they would take her uncultivated property and a house as theirs. They were land grabbers. And because she was now a widow, she was disadvantaged. She had no husband to make the appeal for her. She was on her own. But was she? Notice how being passionate about her fate eventually paid off. Verse 5 says, at that very moment, at that very moment, this mother came to make a request at the exact time Gehazi told the king about the miracles associated with her life. Talk about timing. This is nothing short of perfect, God-ordained timing on behalf of a persistent mother. God did it. She had a choice. The man of God said, I can appeal to the king for you. She said, no, God's got it. God's got it. Verse 6. So he directed one of his officials, see that everything she had lost was restored. Boy, don't you like God and the way he acts? He always goes above and beyond, doesn't he? You put in your little shovel and God comes with a front end loader. You put it, you put it in your little pickup truck and God comes with a, with a, with a dump truck. God always does more than we expected. She didn't expect this. 
There's no way she expected it, but that's not all. Not only does he say restore to her all that she had lost, all of the land, all of the housing, all of the property, restore all that to her. But get this, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during the seven years of her absence. You get that? You know how much that would amount to for seven years? The value of all of the crops for seven years? Progressive motherhood. This Shunammite mother got far more than she expected or that she could ever imagine. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think. Isn't that what the Bible says? Ephesians 3.20. The Bible says that. He is able to do far more. See, he was able to do far more than the Shunammite mother could have ever imagined. She never imagined that she would get the value of all the crops that she had lost. That thought never entered her imagination. But because she was passionate about her faith in God, God had her back. The king understood that if God obviously was supportive of this mother, then it made a whole lot of sense for him to also be supportive of what she was doing and grant her a request. So you see, in the end, she wasn't punished about her obedience to God and listening to the man of God and obeying what the man of God told her because she knew that God was moving on her behalf. God was orchestrating. God was at work in her life. God was allowing her to be the progressive mother that he planted in her to be. So the challenge to mothers today from this Shunammite mother is simple. Fourfold. Be passionate in your obedience to God. Be patient. Be protective of those in you care about, be patient in the circumstances that God permits and be persistent in claiming what is yours. And may the Lord bless you as you endeavor to do so. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you, Father, for the lesson that you have shown us today not only in how mothers can be progressive and be passionate, protective, patient, and persistent, but we all can be. So it's a lesson for all of us today. And so we thank you, Lord, for the challenge you have placed upon our hearts to go forward and do as this woman did in her life and demonstrated her faith and her passion in loving you, honoring you, and serving you. Bless us all, Lord, as we do the same. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.